We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, we have had an incredible uh, opening to HeartStrong. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about HeartStrong on the podcast, um, our discipleship intensive that we started. And again, like this was an inspiration from the Lord. I know you and I have processed a lot of what we sense the Lord speaking and just a call to really get into discipleship, developing the disciplines, our spiritual disciplines of our faith, like, and the importance of that, like it. And so for it all to come together and to start this week, like we actually had, I know you were on every day with me, Rhonda, but we actually had like almost a hundred people every single day at six o'clock in the morning on devotions, plus another like 15 or so in our BC time, 6 a.m. BC time. Like, I, <laughs> it's incredible. What? And it, it was really profound. And so engaging. Like people are ready. They're diving in. They're asking questions. They're pulling from you and Jason. You could feel it. Like they're literally, they're hungry and ready at the table. They're literally pulled themselves up to the table. They're ready to eat. And it is profound. It's yeah. so profound. Yeah. And honestly, the, the, um, messages that we've gotten this week and the encouragement just but it's transforming people's lives already just one week in you know getting up every day the discipline practicing the disciplines practicing the discipline of fasting on monday practicing the discipline of sabbath like being intentional about these things like i can see how actually putting a structure to some of these disciplines for some people and in their personalities, it really gives them the space of being able to thrive. Mm. It's like, okay, I know what to do. I'm going to do it. We're memorizing scripture. I mean, it's it's really, really profound and awesome. And so I, I wanted to talk about it because I'm in awe and I want to give God all the glory and praise because I truly am in awe. I didn't know. We didn't know if it was going to work or how it was going to work or how effective it was going to be. But it is incredible. And people are signing up every day. We're actually getting more and more and more registrations and more members every single day. And it's open. Anybody can come. And so if you have been thinking about it or hearing about it and you're like, I don't know, honestly, get in and just grab hold of whatever works for you. That's the whole point of it. It's not like you don't have to do everything and it's not meant to actually make you busy. It's not meant to be a stressor or to be like this, like burden on your shoulders. It's actually, you can take the structure and you can be like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And you, if you add those things into your life, into just your normal everyday life in what you're already doing, not like, not like making yourself so busy, you will grow. Just follow along the Bible reading plan. Do it on your own. But that alignment of coming together, reading the same things, like revelation is just coming so, so incredibly. And one of the scriptures that really stood out to me from our reading last week, we read uh, Matthew chapters one to 10 through the whole week. So it's just two chapters a day, not too crazy. But one of the readings that really stood out to me was um, the scripture in Matthew chapter six, verses 25. And the, the title is do not be anxious. And the truth is, you know, I know you could attest Rhonda that 
like this is a season of tremendously high anxiety for sure like people are beside themselves anxious about so many things and when i say anxious anxiety looks so different for all of us it doesn't always manifest itself the same for some people it literally is very physical you feel a pit in your stomach mm. you feel like you could maybe want to throw up or you feel physically exhausted physically overwhelmed for other people it doesn't manifest like that for other people it's not so physical but maybe it shows up like a lack of trust skepticism tremendous skepticism worry about the things that are outside of our control which is everything mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. i mean even in a season like this where so many restrictions are just constantly placed on our shoulders it feels exactly that restrictive we just feel like we've got these yokes on our shoulder and we can't do anything everything is so restrictive that can produce anxiety and then just all the unknowns about the future like it is it's a lot mm -hmm. it is a lot and i i think it's just for people to understand that god knows that and that's beautiful thing is i love through scripture we just god gives us the comfort to say don't be anxious knowing that we will be anxious don't fear because he knows we're going to fear. It's not about perfection, but it's about acknowledging that this is God saying, you don't have to live in this space. This is not of my kingdom, but you will experience this because in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So God is, this is a type of trouble we'll have. It's not always the big trouble we think like major trials. It's the constant barrage of things that come to rob, steal, and destroy our lives from the fruit of the Spirit, from living in the provision that God has made for us. But this is why we want to speak a little bit into anxiety because we're not exempt from that. You, Lori, and I have both experienced anxiety and continue to. There's times I have to literally say, no, I am not aligning with that. I am not picking that up. I see it, and I could have been barraged by it for a day and living in it and all of a sudden my eyes open I'm like wait a minute this is what I'm doing we are not exempt from this the more it doesn't mean the longer you're a Christian that you don't experience anxiety or you don't experience fear my prayer is that I would recognize it faster and run to the cross quicker that's actually what we're talking about so we're not talking about and complete never experiencing this again we are in our human bodies, we're fragile, but we want to just give you hope today because in this time, especially we're seeing this manifest everywhere and we ourselves are having to put up our own guards and our own, ex our, we're experiencing as well. And this is what we want to kind of walk you through what the scripture tells us about anxiety and how God has given us freedom and how we can combat it in the sense, because it is spiritual. Everything starts spiritual. It's everything's on the outside of what it looks like, but it all is actually spiritual that manifests in the natural. I would think it is right. Oh, <laughs> That's I what mean. we see in the scriptures, right? So true. So true. Yeah. It's just that we can't see in the spirit. We only mm -hmm. see in the natural. So we attribute mm -hmm. most of it to what's happening in the natural, but you're right. You're right. It's a spiritual battle. That's this it. is a spiritual battle. But I love that you said, I love that you said that the scriptures say, do not be anxious because God knew we would be. Yes. And he says, do not fear because he knew we would fear. I, I love that you said that because again, I think sometimes even as Christians, we take on this yoke of like, if I'm anxious, therefore I'm disobedient. If I'm anxious, therefore I'm sinning. Therefore I'm doing, 
the teaching is there because God knows that we will be and we will have anxiety, but he is trying to invite us into a different kingdom. Yes. Trying to invite us into a different way of living because there actually is, and we're going to, we're going to unpack the scripture today, but there actually is keys in the kingdom of heaven to how to walk not anxious. And there's also keys that the scriptures want to unpack for us about how walking in the way of the world and the way of the kingdom of the world actually produces anxiety. Mm. So again, it's beautiful when you see this as a revelation coming, oh, in what ways am I actually living into a different kingdom than God's kingdom that are producing anxiety in my life? And can that revelation come? And then can I move into walking in the way of the kingdom? Again, that doesn't mean you're never going to experience anxiety. You will. We will. I yes. do. Yes. You do. Yes. But it means that there is a different way that we can. I love how you said too, I don't align. At home, we, 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 I shared my testimony with my kids just about like being set free of anxiety and being, being set free of dread. And so I say a lot at home, I don't align with stress. I don't align with anxiety. Yes. And I say, I speak that out loud and my kids kind of laugh about it. Mom, we know you don't align with stress. You know, and I, and it's kind of a joke, like a funny thing, but it's true because I want to speak that out every day. And I want to mm. model for them the way of the kingdom approaching the cares of the world through the way of the kingdom of mm. heaven and the way that the, the scripture teaches us. So again, I do not do it perfectly. I have to say it because I need to remind myself when anxiety wants to come on um, of God's way. But that being said, yeah. So I want to read a scripture for you um, in Matthew six twenty five, and it's so beautiful and I love it. I absolutely love it. And yeah, if you have a Bible, you can look it up, um, follow along with us, but if not, no problem. So it says, therefore I tell you, and this is Jesus teaching, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the, that's for the, that's for the girls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's for all the, all the girls who like their fashion. <laughs> and which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more uh, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm. So there's a lot in that scripture. There's a lot to unpack. But the beautiful thing about this scripture is it actually ties into the scriptures that come before it. You see, if we actually make a choice not to be anxious, to listen to what Jesus is teaching, we see in the verses that he taught before, 
But there are a couple of keys of how to live this way. Again, Jesus is just coming onto the scene and he's teaching us about the kingdom of heaven. He's teaching us about this new way of living, this new way of thinking. And so in a couple of verses before, it talks about laying up for yourself treasures in heaven or treasures on earth. And so one of the keys that we see to not being anxious is literally laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven that which has eternal value that's what we're supposed to value that's what we're supposed to spend our time and our energy even our finances that's what we're supposed to prioritize things that have eternal value then he goes into talking about the inner world the world inside of your heart where if your eye is i'm just going to actually go back and look at it quickly um, if your eye is, do you see it in front of you there, Rhonda? Sorry, I'm just going to see. Um, oh yeah, your eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, and that's actually referencing your heart, not just your, like it's not actually your eye in, in Jewish and in the original um, translation, it's referencing your heart. So if your heart is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your heart is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And so again, it's referencing if you have what is going on in the heart space, the real space. This is the real stuff, not, not what we see on the outside. The real stuff is happening in our heart. And if what's happening in our heart is healthy, we will not be anxious. Then it goes into talking about how no one can serve two masters. One will hate one and love the other. He'll, he'll, he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so again, this is just addressing what has lordship over your life. Where, what are you serving? You can only serve one thing. You can e either serve God in his way, or you can serve the world and the ways of the world. You, you have to choose. And so here are three keys that Jesus is teaching. These lead to living an, a life that is not full of anxiety. But the opposite is true as well. If we are walking in the ways of the world, mm -hmm. then anxiety is going to come and all this worry mm -hmm. about this mm -hmm. teaching that he's bringing. And I think that's so cool how they're all connected. And those are keys for us to walking out a life that is not full of anxiety. And the truth is right now in this time, so many of us mm -hmm. are struggling under the weight of anxiety. Mm -hmm. We they, Honestly, that's what you're looking around. People don't know what to do with this. Like it's a season that has kind of just caught them unaware yeah. all of us we've yeah. just been thrown into something we weren't really prepared for and it's changed all of our lives and we're readjusting constantly yeah that's the thing you kind of find everything's been so abnormal and then all of a sudden it's a little bit yeah there's some restrictions lifted but then it's pulled back again then it's it's this back and forth but we're still not even where we used to be even close yet yeah and so it really is um disorienting of how you're going to live your life but the thing is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love that even it goes on to talk about um, building your house on the sand and on the solid rock. And this, it all is threading. It's all connected. It's all connected. It's all, it goes on. It does. It goes on <laughs> exactly. and connects so many things, you know. And if you think back, like if you were to think back to an anxious season of your life, a season where you had more anxiety, um, or just more concern or more worry or more control, trying to control all of the outcomes. Like if you had to think about what you were serving in that season, would you know, would mm. you know what you were serving? Because again, like I, I think about different seasons of anxiety and, and I can remember sort of being a slave to performance, 
being a slave to like earning, being a slave to, oh my goodness, even um, productivity, being Mm. a slave to productivity. Like I had to, at the end of my day, get all of my checks done. And then I felt like, okay, I'm okay. Mm. Like I, I've done it. I'm sufficient. I'm okay. And if I didn't, I'd be full of anxiety. I couldn't even, I couldn't even stop or rest. Mm -hmm. I I had Mm -hmm. to keep, it was like a driver that was, I was a slave to it. I was literally serving that. Mm -hmm. And again, as the Lord has sort of untangled all of that for me and putting him as true Lordship of my life, all of a sudden work even comes through the lens of rest. Mm -hmm. So there isn't like this anxious toil that comes in the pit of my stomach as I press into doing work, even like good works that seem like they're for God. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So again, even for you, like what are some of the things that sometimes you found that you're serving when anxiety is trying to come on your shoulders? Oh my goodness. I mean, there's so many similar to you, very similar ones that you mentioned as well as perfectionism. I think it's like if you don't do it perfect or appear perfect or like you got it all together, mm. that can cause a lot of anxiety. Like that grow when you're growing yeah. and are doing something new, you want to be pride. It's really pride. It comes right down to pride. So and I think for me, if I was to be really brutally honest, there'd probably be idolatry when there is serving either wanting, you know, those dreams, those desires. And all of a sudden that doesn't happen. I can get anxious about that to be like, oh, that's never going to happen. Or like, why is you worked up? And then you start to overcompensate in other areas, you know. And for example, you know, I've always wanted to live in the country. And I have gotten really anxious about that through the years because it seemed like every time we're about this, we're about to move to the country, either we, you know, the houses were too expensive or the, the prices went crazy up or just wasn't the right timing in our lives to make that kind of move. And I would get really anxious about it. And when I mean anxious, not like sometimes we think worry, we think anxious, just wanting to control, like even that, like wanting well, to make it happen, make like a drive. it happen. Yeah. I don't usually see it in a way of fear it comes in my life it manifests in control that's when i'm anxious i you don't often be like oh i can't it'll be like i'm gonna make that happen and like jay you know we gotta get on this and what getting anxious in that way getting like fixated on it becoming really like resentful like all those things kind of are partners to me with anxiety so when i start to feel jealous competitive um resentful kind of ungrateful that's a sign of anxiety for me right away that's it for me so interesting so interesting that's really profound yeah that's really profound and honestly like we want to encourage you if you're listening to think about (laughs) that like think about when where or when anxiety wants to come in and it could be really intertwined in so many things, but yeah. think about, okay, what are you actually serving in that moment? Yeah. What is actually, oh, this, this idea, honestly, of God as our master and like we're his servant, we're bought with a price. He bought us with the price of his life. Like this idea, again, we'd hate this language. We hate this language, but the truth is we're serving something. Like we're slaves sure to we are. So I don't know why we reject this so much and why we don't want to come under actually the beautiful flourishing of his covering. Oh, the perfect master. Because he's a perfect. perfect master. He's a perfect master. So when you say we're his slave or we're his bondservant, when the scriptures talk about that, 
we're talking about under perfect love, like perfect love that we've never experienced, ever experienced. We feel like we're going to be taken advantage of. feel like we're going to be missing out on something because that's all we've ever seen in terms of control or someone trying to have control over you. God doesn't want to have control over us. He literally wants to bring flourishing to our life. He Mm -hmm. wants to actually give us everything he has, Mm -hmm. everything he has, he wants to give us when we come under that. But again, we're serving something. So I encourage you just do some self-reflection around, okay, where's anxiety coming in? And then what's attached to that? What am I serving when I, when I'm letting that anxiety sort of rule and have reign in my life? What am I serving? What is driving that? What's coming behind that? Cause I think it's a, a powerful, Lord, a powerful thing to think it's through. It's so powerful. Cause even if we just go back, we circle back, mention again, the things that you talked about of how to absolve. Cause that like really this is exactly where those roots are and we may we're all drawn in a different way yeah like when i talked about you know things so that would be the love not of god but of money or things or achievement that's anxiety that's where i get sucked in yeah it may not be worrying about something like maybe it might be fear but for some it may be that place of fear so late just tell us again yeah 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 well let's 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 talk about let's talk about the first one the first one is about storing your treasures in heaven or on earth so Mm -hmm. that's our first choice do you are you storing your treasures (laughs) in heaven that would probably that i probably gonna say yes to all of them (laughs) she's like check No, no, no. But let's talk about that. that. Like where, where do we, where are we storing up treasures for Mm -hmm. ourselves Mm -hmm. on earth? Like, where are we doing that? If we started to think about that and started to get honest about that. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if I already shared this. Sorry if I did. (laughs) But a couple of weeks ago, I went shopping at the Nordstrom Rack and I bought $175 of like a bunch of stuff on sale. Got a cute pair of leather pants I got a dress I got a couple of tops like I everything on sale had so much fun I got home I got the shopping bag home and I felt this like check in my spirit and it wasn't an issue of stewardship it wasn't like that I didn't have the money or that you know I couldn't I couldn't do that wasn't an issue of that but I felt this little check in my spirit that came over and I felt like the Lord just asked me a question just to say like, do you know what I could have done with $175? Like, did you even ask what I could have done with $175? What, it's not about the money. It's not about the amount of money or anything like that. But it was about a lordship issue in that moment for me. And even just the question that came of like, do you want to invest? And this is just a, a material thing. So this is an earthly material thing. Do you want to invest $175 in clothes that you don't need? And I didn't need any of them. I really didn't. (laughs) Or do you want to invest it into my kingdom? And do you know what I could have done with that? And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And it was just, it was beautiful. It didn't, there was no condemnation. I didn't feel like it wasn't, wasn't like that. It was just this beautiful conviction and this beautiful space of like, Lord, I really genuinely want you to be Lord over every dollar Mm -hmm. I have, Mm -hmm. not just over my tithe, not just over my offerings, over every single dollar. And if I could have sowed $175 into something else that the Lord 
could have told me what that was. Maybe a person, maybe a ministry, maybe somewhere else. The Lord could have multiplied that and done immeasurably more mm-hmm. than I could have ever imagined than what I, you know, the, these clothes that I didn't really actually need. Yes. Do I enjoy? Yes, I enjoy. And it's not about that. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying like you can't buy things and I'm not saying it's, I'm not trying to bring, bring like any sort of like, oh, you know, that's all carnal temporal. Da, 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 da. It's not about that, it li- but it literally is, is God Lord of everything for me? That was that mm-hmm. question. So again, when I think about this question, storing up treasures on earth or storing up treasures in heaven, I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got a far way to go about like, all of my decisions, everything I'm doing, is this investing into that which is eternal? Is this investing in the kingdom that is to come? Because that actually is our job here and now. (laughs) And the scriptures actually say that the investments that we make now into eternity actually affect our eternity. Absolutely. Like in a beautiful way. Not in like, not in like a, not in like a striving or an earning way. It's all by grace. But it affects the life to come, the life that we're going to live forever. This, this life is so short and small. So anyways, that's, that's my little confession moment of like, okay, man, I've got so much more to go. Oh, I hear you on that front. And you know, when you think about, someone said this once, I don't know if it was Pastor Barry or who, but time, talent, and treasure, those are all investment pieces. So that's talking about, you know, treasure, money, yep. things that we buy or that we invest in money. But where are we spending our time? Like, are we investing? Like, where are you storing up that treasure? Like, where is that? You know, time, treasure, and then, right? Talent. Talent. Time, talent. And then, yeah. yeah. The things we do, our gifts. What, yeah. What are you yeah. doing with, like, I, I think of, this is me just putting it up, but like the calls for people to volunteer. Well, we can, you could be volunteering doing all these things, but are you also volunteering at your local church? Are you pouring into, those are things that are spiritual too, giving time to those things. It's all of that together. Sometimes it's easy to write a check and they'd be like, okay, perfect. I've done my thing. No, it, it requires, that could be for someone else. It's more their time that God's putting his finger on. Some seasons of our lives, it is our treasure that God's like, no, I want you to not buy that or not. You've been saving up for that, but to give that away, you know, all of that. We just have to walk. Like you're saying, it's walking with the Holy Spirit and allowing those not from condemnation, but from just saying, okay, God, I'm just letting you know, I'm letting you into this. All of this is yours. Once again, all of this is yours. I don't own any of it. So I love that. Okay, so that was that one. Yeah, so that was that one. Okay. Powerful. So the second one is um, your heart. Like your heart is the eye, the eye, mm. the eye is the lamp of the soul. So is it healthy or is it unhealthy? So what's actually addressing what is actually happening in the heart space? Again, we often talk about how, you know, we often talk about what we're presenting to the world, like in terms of like our image, what we say, the external, may it be as close to what's happening on the inside. Like make sure that, that they're not, they're not different. Make Mm -hmm. sure they're not, there's not a huge gap between what's happening on the Mm -hmm. inside of our heart and what we're doing or saying or how we're acting or how we're living on the outside. We need to make sure those are as close as possible. Now they're probably never going to be exactly aligned exactly because again even for you and I (laughs) we're a little bit of stuffers so you know when we're struggling or when there's stuff going on we can we can tend to um, push that down a little bit and then sort of live on the surface 
um, space of like, no, I'm great. And this is awesome. And, and that is true. But there also is, you know, we do need to take the time with the Lord to dig and excavate and go down to those deeper spaces mm-hmm. to bring up some of the brokenness and some of mm-hmm. the pain and the hurt and bring healing um, and allow God to, to heal. So that's the other thing that produces anxiety. When the heart is not good, mm-hmm. when the heart space is not doing well, there's going to be anxiety. That is so powerful. And you know what I even thought of as you're explaining that in our heart space and the eyes, just on the eyes, I think anxiety can happen too when we start to compare. Think about, you know, whether it's comparing your giftedness, your marriage, your parent. You start to look around and you think, you get really anxious being like, you just diminish and push down everything that God's given you as a gift because you're comparing it to someone else. But you're not walking their life. You don't know what, that's what I mean. We don't really know like what we present is not the truth. And so I think the eye gate, even what we're watching can produce a lot of anxiety because there can become this, all of a sudden, this scarcity mentality or a lack that all of a sudden I'm lacking something or I'm missing out on something or I don't have something. Why don't I have something? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with this? So I think, you know, the heart space and like we're saying, the heart and the eye, it is about the heart seeing, but so much comes through the eye gate into our heart. So really managing what we're watching, how we're allowing things to kind of come in and uh, cause that does produce a lot of anxiety comparison. I know for me has been something too. I've had to really guard in my own life. Like what am I comparing? And often it's not even, and this is true. It can not even just be something that's ahead of where I want to be. It can be like, Oh, it's not that bad. Cause look at so-and-so or look at what's happening over there. Like, wow. Like and self justification, self justification. Mm-hmm. And the anxiety can come from that because you can feel totally fine. But then a crisis comes or something happens and all of a sudden you realize, why am I in this rut? Or wh- Because there's pride seeped in, there's judgmental, se- like things seep in. So it's not even just like comparing like we're less than. It can sometimes, we can puff ourselves up too. Wow. You have to be, That's and anxiety can come because then we're trying to always maintain what? I don't even know. Yeah. A false image. Yeah. Right? No, no, it's true. And I mean, this scripture has a, a warning attached to it. So it says, you know, it says the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, if the light, <laughs> sorry, if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Wow. So it's actually saying like, no, th- you have to address this. Like this matters and this actually wants to take over every part of this darkness inside. If you don't address it, like it wants to take over every part and then we'll begin to seep out on the outside. And so we can only keep that hidden for so long. That's right. And then it's going to start to seep out, but it it's aggressive. And so there's a warning in that. So again, but I think that's another connector to this anxiety piece that Mm. Jesus is trying to teach us on that. We have to be mindful of this. We have to deal with it. We have to address it. We have to bring it to the Lord in repentance. So beautiful. So beautiful. The last one. And the last one is the one we talked about before. No one can serve two Mm -hmm. masters for either. He will hate one and love the other. And again, that sounds so extreme. And we're like, well, no, that's not true. It's actually true. It is. You cannot serve two things at the same time every time we pick what we serve. And so this is just a really good, healthy 
question. We need to ask ourselves, what are we serving? Mm -hmm. What are we serving? There can only be one king, right? Like there's not two kings in a kingdom. It's one king. What has lordship? And it's true. It's impossible. You can't be, they can't be the, God can't have lordship of your life with, with you. <laughs> like it's he's Lord, he's king, or he's not. It's you. It's like who's sitting on the throne of that life, of your life. And so that's powerful, Lori. Yeah. That's so powerful. It's yeah. really powerful when you actually think about anxiety and you strip it back and you think, okay, where is that? What's happening? And we all fall bait to all of these things. And it comes with other things attached to it. That's why God's like, be very careful because it will happen. But he's saying like, there's a different way. There's a different way. Mm -hmm. He's not saying, oh, look at this is what you're going to fall into. He's like, but I'm the way, the truth and the life. So those who come to like, that's what he's saying. Like I am it, but this stuff will all try to take away from me. But if you lay all this aside and serve me, you will have all of me and you will have peace because he's a prince of peace. You will have him. Yeah. So and this comes back to our core message that we've been talking yeah. about all year. Yeah. Choosy this day who you will serve. Yeah. Death or life. Like that's yeah. Deuteronomy 30 again. Right. So Old Testament comes to New Testament and Jesus is doing the same thing. And in all, on almost the last verse, I love it. It's one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. But seek first mm. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. See, God doesn't desire to take things from us. He doesn't actually desire to withhold anything that is good from us. Not at all. But there is that death of the way we want to do it that needs to come in order for all mm. these things to be added. And also for our perspective to be on that which is eternal. For us to va actually value more that which is eternal than the things that are in the here and now and the tangible and that are so temporal that we can't take with us. These That's temporal right. things that are here one day and gone the next. Will this be dust done? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <gasps> now, what would you say to somebody who's really, really struggling with anxiety in this season? I mean, like they're overcome. Like they wake up and it's like they take a deep breath because it's like, I don't know if I can get through the day. Like they're overwhelmed. They're under a yoke of anxiety. What would you say? How do you begin to untangle that? Because I know lots of our brothers and sisters are in that place. They genuinely don't want to be, but they are. They're just mm -hmm. so overwhelmed about maybe their own circumstance, maybe about what's happening in the world. It could be a mixture of so many mm -hmm. things. Where does somebody start to untangle all of this? What would you say? Well, I think the first thing is prayer. Like I know, but you know, even in Philippians 4, 4 to 9, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. It always starts with prayer. You know, it really does. It starts with praying, telling God, getting it all out. He is, he says he's close to the brokenhearted. He's as close as a mention of his name. He is God with us, Emmanuel, to be able to pray to him first. Don't just go running to someone else. Don't go running to, go to him first, first and foremost. And then just begin with a heart of thanks. Just thank him. Think of something you can thank him for in that day. And I think secondly, what I would say is, you know, we're never meant to do life alone. And sometimes we're just in a season where we just can't see to the other side and we need someone to walk with us. If there's a way for you to reach out, reach out to somebody that you know and trust and love and look up to as a Christian that can pray for you, even if you're having trouble, that can walk in prayer with you, that can really do life with you. Because honestly, when you're alone, 
it's easy for the enemy just to continually lie. But when you have someone walking with you, it says one could put a thousand flight, two could put 10,000. There is power in numbers. And it does say when the two or more are gathered, there is a power when we come together and we are united in prayer. And so I would say first, you always go to Christ. That's meant to be. He is our first and foremost. And then find someone that you can trust and to pray. And then surround yourself like we're talking about. Really surround yourself with life. Surround yourself with worship music. Surround yourself with life-giving, whether it's studying the Bible, watching Right Now Media. Start to just fill your life with things that are life-giving. Don't get sucked into numbing it. Don't get sucked into somehow just coping in a way that just becomes a way of suppressing and make it, it's not going to go away. And you know, those, and there's freedom. There's many things that come, but it's a process. And so I just wanted to say, those are some practical things that just come to mind right away. How about you, Laurie? What would you say? What yeah. would you suggest to no, that? I, I love that. I think that's a really great scripture, uh, Philippians. And I think it's a base yeah. for where, what people can do. And so if you find yourself in that place, I, we honestly encourage you, like you can write this down if you want. So it says, don't be anxious. Yep. Don't be anxious. Pray about everything. So write the word prayer down. And there's two ways that you can pray. The first one is repentance. Mm. Because honestly, anytime that we are allowing anxiety to rule, the reason is, is because we're not trusting God in some way. And I, and I don't, and again, I don't want you to hear that as, oh, great. Like I'm doing something wrong again and putting this like weight and pressure. It's a beautiful place of humility just to say, God, like, yeah, I'm obviously I'm carrying something that I'm not meant to carry that you want to carry for me if I have all of this weight and all this anxiety on my shoulder. So repentance is a beautiful posture to start. And Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for carrying all of this on my own shoulders, for carrying all the cares of the world, all the cares of my family, all the cares of what's happening in my life. I, I'm taking this all on myself. When you said that I could put this on you, when you said cast all my cares on you. So mm -hmm. this beautiful place of repentance. And then I think the second part of prayer is to actually write down the things you're anxious about. Mm -hmm. Write them. Mm -hmm. Make a list. Literally mm -hmm. be like, I'm anxious about, you know, my mother, my sister, you know, my friend who's going through this. I'm anxious about COVID. I'm anxious about my job. I'm anxious about money. I'm anxious. Write all the things you're concerned about, you're worried about that are producing anxiety. And then what is the next part? What does it say? I love it. And it says, so if I read it, it so says, prayer. don't worry about anything. Okay. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him thank for him. all he has done. Okay. So then write a little dash beside every single one of your worries, every single one of your anxieties and thank God for something instead. Take that worry. I'm worried about this. And instead, thank God for something. For, find something. I mean, you can be far reaching, <laughs> but find There's something. There's a bird outside <laughs> singing on my tree. You know, like yep, find exactly. something to be That's thankful so for. So then you like, you're, you're literally exchanging this anxiety for Thanksgiving, so good, for gratitude. So that's, that's a place you can start. And if you have to do that every day, if you have to just sit down and start every day in that place, I, I guarantee... <laughs> something will shift. I guarantee you something will shift. Something will break about your perspective, about what you're seeing, because every day you're inviting the kingdom of heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God. That is how you seek first his kingdom. We're making it really practical, like something so you can powerful. actually do every day. But again, it's based on scripture. This is what the scriptures tell us to do. And it's powerful and it works. So yeah. do that if you're overcome. Yeah. You don't have to live like that.
That's so powerful. And this is God telling you who created you and made you. This is him saying, I have a better way. And I love that it goes on as you're saying that that's so powerful or the practical side of that because that is literally when you rubber meets the road, we need practical steps. This is exactly what you're talking about. It says then after we've done this, it goes on to say in Philippians 4 verse 7, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to say, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing so this is kind of like listen up now okay this is what we're going to do yep and god's peace is going to come as you do those practical steps god's peace is going to come fix your thoughts on what is true so think of that it's like now fix your thoughts so like you're saying we're doing exchange okay so we've got the exchange so now you're going to fix your thoughts peace has come peace has come now because it's going to try to come back it's going to come fix your thoughts on what is true honorable right pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me. So God's saying, I'm telling you what to do. Just keep doing it. Keep putting it into practice. Fix your eyes, fix your eyes. And who is true? Who is right? God. Yep. Like fix your eyes on him. Like once you've done the exchange, fix your eyes and keep doing this over and over and over. And he's telling us, Keep putting into practice because he knows you're going to need to to put it back into practice. That's it. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. That is so good. That is so powerful. And you know what? I need that today. Yeah. Like we need that today because every day there are new cares. There are new worries that want to sort of come on and attach themselves to us. But Jesus here in Matthew and then Paul's teaching us in Philippians a different way, the way of the kingdom, the way of God, that we actually don't have to give into the cares of the world. But the warning is there. This is probably where anxiety has come in. It's come in where we're serving something else. It's come in where our heart is not healthy. Something's not good inside of our heart space. Or it's coming in when we're actually laying up for ourselves treasures on earth in earthly temporal things. That's one of those areas is probably where those worries and those cares are coming in. And so to be able to just discern that, repent, beautiful heart of repentance and humility before the Lord, put our trust back in him, put, put our, put his Lordship back in our life, like put him, put ourselves underneath him to serve him and yeah, walk it out, walk it out exactly as uh, Philippians says. I love that. And in closing, I want to just take the scripture right before Philippians 4, 4 to 9 that we just kind of unpacked because I think this is God's heart for us before he even went because this is what he wants for us. And then he gives us the warning that you're going to be anxious and worry and this is what you need to do and put into practice. So keep doing this all. Right. But what he says right before that we often don't say we go right to be anxious for nothing. Right. But what it says is always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. So the Lord is saying, I want you to have my joy. My joy of the Lord is our strength. It comes from him. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. And then he says, so don't worry. Don't be anxious. So he's saying, I've come to give you joy. I've come to give you life. I've come to give you peace. And he says it, always be full of joy. Again, I say rejoice. So he's saying, once again, you're going to forget. So be full of joy again. Be full of joy. 
like consider it pure joy when trials come. Consider it pure joy. I'm coming soon. In this world, you'll have troubles. Take heart. Just you can store up for heaven. This yep. is only earth. Yep. Our life is but a breath. So know that I'm with you. So I just love all of that. So I just speak over each of you listening today that may be full of anxiety as you do what we've mentioned, as we start to put those into practice, as we're intentional and we really walk in a place of intentionality and thanksgiving, the joy of the Lord will be yours. It's meant to be yours. The enemy wants to rob, steal, and destroy, but God has come to give you life and give you abundant life. And so may you know that your king is full of joy, full of life, full of hope. And that is for you. It's not for just the people that you see around you. It is for you. You are designed. I love that you said that. Designed to flourish. Designed to live in the fullness of God's joy and delight over you. It's his delight to give you these things because this is who he is. I love that. And hold your position in Christ in the joy of the Lord. Amen. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Hold your position in that. Hold your grab hold of it. Grab hold of it literally right now. Mm-hmm. Even if you have to do it with your hand, grab hold of that joy right now and walk in this. It is for you. You were designed to walk in joy. And we bless you today. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.